0: It says in First Peter chapter one, starting in verse three through nine. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen, Church. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, which is kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed to you in the last time. And you rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials so that the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, is refined by fire, which may result in praise, glory, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. And though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. So God, we pray to you today that we believe that that you have given us a new birth into your living hope through your resurrection. God, today we take a moment to just reflect and worship you as Greg so put it well, through the battle. Because God, you are moving, you are turning stones. And God, we want to worship you. So Lord, we know that you're working, so we don't pray that your presence fills this room because it already is filled but that your people would receive your presence today. That we'd have open hearts for your presence today. And in the power and in the name that rose from the grave, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can all be seated. And so for those who don't know me, uh, I'm Zach Shar. Usually I'm leading worship up here and playing guitar, but today I am nervous to speak, as you can imagine, so I'll do my best to impersonate Jeff as much as I can, Um, but today I'm just very excited and grateful to be here. I actually gave this same sermon to a week of camp that we were just at, and man, the impact that God's words had on those campers was immense, so the prayer today is that you would have a childlike heart to receive. The truth that God has for us today. And so I'll be talking about the scripture that we just read, and I want us to really understand the context and the background. And so we'll be talking about who wrote this letter, is what it is, and why he wrote it, and whom, that's a good word, whom, he wrote it to. And so let's talk about Peter, who is the author of this letter. Peter was a fisherman who was called early in the ministry of Christ. Jesus approached him as Peter was out all day fishing, probably for 12 hours, and he caught nothing. And this is crazy because it is Peter's occupation. So not only does it affect Peter's family financially, but it affects his region because he is supposed to provide food. And so as Peter's coming to shore with an empty net, you can probably imagine how anxious, probably questioning his worthiness, and then we see Jesus approach him and be there at shore and say, "Go out and cast your net one last time." And after a lot of debate, Peter finally goes back out and he casts his net. And scholars say that the amount of fish that Peter actually caught was a month worth of provision. And so Peter comes back to shore. He has a month worth of finances, a month worth of food, and Jesus says, "Leave behind your family and your friends." and the catch that you just had and follow me. I know for me, that would be hard because not only do I have amazing friends and amazing family, I was just blessed in an immense way. But God says, follow me, and Peter follows. And so we see Peter actually named most in the New Testament besides Jesus. And Peter is very noble and very bold. But we also see a lot of conflict in Peter. Jesus prophesied later in the book, of uh, Matthew, that Peter, as the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And it happened. Peter rebuked Jesus the most in the New Testament, which is crazy because Jesus was being attacked by Pharisees and Jews that opposed him throughout his ministry. Yet Peter rebuked Jesus the most. But then we see Peter go on to build churches and create churches. Jesus told Peter that on this rock, which is you, I will build my church. And so we see that the good and the bad in Peter, I think that's important as we are good and bad people, mostly bad. But God is going to work in your sin and your struggle and create something beautiful out of it. Amen, church? Amen. And so now let's understand why Peter is writing and who he is writing to. So Peter is writing to five major regions in the Asia Minor. So this is hundreds of thousands to millions of people. And he's writing this letter for the same reason, because they are all being persecuted for being Christians, and they are all suffering. So the topic that I'm going to be talking about tonight, well, tonight, I'm so used to camp today, is truth. Truth is the topic, and I think it is so important because the truth, what you believe is your truth, is the foundation on which you build your life and your identity upon. Today, I just think it's so important that we stick to the truth, which the truth, who is Christ, gave people to write in the scripture, which is the truth. And so we're going to be focusing on 1 Peter chapter 1 a lot. If you want to turn your Bibles or get your phones out and turn there. And the first thing I just want to say is that you make your truth. You don't have to believe anything I'm going to say today. Because ultimately, what you believe your life is is what you believe. So if you believe that you are just a guy who's going to go to his job every day and not pray and not worship, then that's your truth. Or if you believe that you're going to be this amazing athlete. My friend Joey always talked about when he was younger how he wanted to go to the NBA. But as Joey's dad said, you're 5'9 and you're white. So I don't know if that's going to work. But you can believe that's your truth. And you can run after that, but if your truth is not set on the truth and the truth, then your truth is false and wrong. And we're going to discover that as we speak more today. So let's jump to verse 3. It says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us a new birth, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen, church. This is the gospel. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, which is kept in heaven for you. So, the first truth that we're going to be talking about today is because of the sacrifice of Jesus, if you choose to believe, you have eternal life. And that is the gospel. Jesus came to this world, this broken world. He lowered himself before the angels. It says this in Hebrews chapter 8, that Jesus was above angels and lowered himself to our level, our playing field, so that he can endure the same temptations that we go through every day. But he did it sinlessly, so that he could go to a cross and die for us and take upon our sins and our shame so that we could have an eternal life that, look, is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for us. Amen? And details that Jesus went through. He was mocked, beaten, scorned, flogged with a cat of nine tails, which is a torture device that has nine whips, and on the ends has glass, metal pieces, wood chunks, so that when they would whip Jesus, the skin would rip off and it would expose his inner body parts. He was nailed to a cross with nails that are six to eight inches long so that when he hangs on the cross, it holds him up so much so that he suffocates slowly, dying a painful death. And he did this all for you. He lay there on the cross naked, humiliated because of all the stuff that you choose to do every day because you believe that your truth is right. But if your truth is not set on this, on Jesus, on the gospel, then you are sinning and you are wrong. It says in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, he bore himself, our sins, on a tree. On a tree. He did all this for you. So you're telling me with the truth that you continue to live out, well knowing that the truth is Christ and the Messiah, that you're still choosing to live out these false truths that make you feel worthless, also that Jesus could die for nothing? Are you willing to continue to do that? Something that God just put in my head right now that has been on my heart recently has been the fact that not every one of you in this room is going to choose Christ. Yet Jesus, loving all of us so much, still died and took upon your sin. Even though he was well-knowing millions, billions of people would not choose him. But that's how much Jesus loves us. Jesus is not looking for you. And that's weird. I feel like I was always told, oh, he's finding me, he's going to come after me. But that's not true. Jesus is waiting for you. To look for something, that means that he once was not there, and Jesus has always been there by your side. Sometimes you can't hear him, and I had that question, God, why can't I hear you? And then I stumbled upon this verse in Isaiah 59 that says, your iniquities have separated you from God. Scholars say that this is like earplugs on your ears. Whenever you have sin in your life that you do not confess to Christ, you put earplugs in your ears that you cannot hear God. So my question for you today is, what are those earplugs? Is it pornography? Is it lust? Is it adultery? Is it self-harm? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it worthlessness? Is it loneliness? Is it financial struggles? What are you putting earplugs in? What are your earplugs that are separating you from God? Let's continue reading back in the truth, starting in verse 5. It says, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed to you in the last time, and you rejoice in this even now for a short time if necessary. You suffer grief in various trials so that the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, which through perishable is refined by fire that may result praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do we believe this church? The truth is that you are going to suffer. Not a fun truth. <laughs> Not at all, but it has to be spoken and verbally given to you because this is true, that you are going to suffer. One of my favorite verses that has gotten me through so many hard times comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because the trials will prove your faith. And when you prove your faith, you gain perseverance and endurance for his kingdom. And following Jesus is not easy, and there's a lot of suffering. In fact, an example of suffering is planting a church, and you do it, and it's going great, and then a global pandemic hits. (laughs) And so you don't even know where your church is going to be located at. And in fact, there were times when I was on the worship team where I didn't know where we were going to worship until Thursday of that week but through the suffering and through the perseverance and guidance of Jeff and Brenna, we have a home through the suffering. Because of endurance now, I feel as if we lost this building, we know exactly what to do and how to worship because God just wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And you are gonna be tempted hard, broken apart, and for a lot of us in here, you're given one specific struggle that is going to tear you and break you apart. But let's look close back at the scripture here. It says that Peter says for a short time, if necessary, you will suffer grief in various trials. So what I want all of us to do right now is just take a breath to so breathe in and out. One of my favorite verses now comes from Psalms 144. It says that, in the scope of life, this life is as a breath compared to heaven, compared to eternity. So even if you were to suffer for the next two years, or if you suffered for the last two years, or if you suffer every day for the rest of your life, this life is as a breath. It's a snap of the fingers and compared to what waits for you in eternity. In Revelation 20, it says that Jesus will wipe away every tear from every eye, and we will cry out to him, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And let's look close. At verse 7, it says that our suffering can actually lead to more praise and more glory for Jesus if you allow him. Because your suffering can break you apart and you can bring as many people down with you as you want. But if you allow God to work through your suffering, through your pain, then God will be glorified. And this will give more praise, glory to the kingdom of Christ. And you are not meant to suffer alone. Let's look back at the context. Remember, it's important. Peter is writing to five major regions in the Asian minor. He's not writing to just one person. He's writing to millions of people who are all suffering. You are not alone. And this is why at Northside, we love to push small groups, not because we think they're fun, even though they are, but because we want you to have a community that you can be built up in and raised up at the revelation of Jesus Christ because these people want to love you and help you through everything you're going through. So be open, open up about what's going in your life as Greg so amazingly did. And I would never tell you to do something without showing you, so I just have to do a little snippet of my testimony because I had to cut my sermon down from 50 minutes to 25. (laughs) So I suffered from something called bulimia, which is an eating disorder, which every time you eat a meal, you feel like you have to vomit. And because of that, I lost my voice completely. And so for two months, I had to go without saying a word. Otherwise, I would lose my voice forever. And this is super hard. And it caused me to have depression and anxiety. But because of the suffering and through the growth at the pit, God worked in my heart to tell me, one, that Jesus isn't looking for you. He's been there the whole time. And two, that if you're willing to surrender to me, then I will build you up in my church. And we can talk more about my story if you just come up to me and ask. I would love to give you advice and help. But the point of that is just to showcase that the suffering actually brings glory if you allow them to. And for six years, I didn't let that happen. For six years, I tried to ignore God and what he had for my life. Yet, he continued to be right by my side, and all I had to do was look for him. So let's get back into the truth. In verse eight, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. The truth is that we have to worship our God boldly We have to worship our God boldly. Peter, he goes to jail a lot in scripture. And he goes with his friend and disciple partner named John. And throughout Acts, we see Peter and John go in and out jail because they would go into the prison and the guards would release them and say, you can go back out into the world, but you just cannot proclaim Christ. And so this happens multiple times, over and over again. And every time that Peter and John go out of prison, they worship even more than what they did before. And near the very end, Peter and John are broken apart, beaten, yet they are actually singing and worshiping inside of the prison. Isn't that crazy? How many of you can say that you have worshiped inside of your prisons? I know for me, it's not all the time, but the times where I do, I feel restored. I feel as though God has given us new life for His glory. Jesus, in John chapter four, meets a woman at a well. And there's many things wrong with this. Jesus broke many boundaries, because one, Jesus is a Jew and the Samaria woman is Samaritan and two because she's a woman and Jesus is a man so for Jesus who is a man to speak to a woman who is from Samaria it's impossible the boundaries that Jesus is breaking is crazy yet they start in a conversation and Jesus says can you get me some water and the woman says uh, why we're not really supposed to be associating right now As they continue to talk. They realize that um, the woman actually has some faith background. And so she says, I wish that we could worship more. I wish that I didn't have to go all the way to your Jewish regions to actually worship God, because at the time you had to worship in the temple. And so Jesus then goes on to say, One day, it will not matter where you worship, who you are worshiping with, or how physically you are worshiping, but as long as you worship me in spirit and in truth. And those are big words for us, in spirit and in truth. You see, spirit is the fire that comes out. It can be seen as internal and physical. So that's spirit. But truth is the the foundation. It's the fuel that fuels that fire. So if your truth isn't based upon the truth, then your flame is going to burn out. So it's important today that we take in and understand the truth. And when we worship, we see that we're receiving, let's look back at the verse, the ultimate goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. So we're gonna stand up I promise I'm not done preaching yet. We're going to stand up. And we're going to finish out 1 Peter. So you can go home and tell all your friends and your family that we did a whole chapter at church today. But I want to read it in a way that is supposed to be read with energy, with proclaiming that this is the gospel. So if you want to follow along, it'll be on the screens starting in verse 13. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have to renew our minds. We have to get these bad truths out of our way so that we can focus on Him. And as obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who has called you holy, you are also to be holy in all of your conduct. For it is written, because he is holy, you are holy. Because he is holy, you are holy. So you have to believe that. You have to run after him. Let's keep reading. This is fun. If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially according to each one's work, you are to conduct yourself in reverence during your time living as strangers. This is not your home. Amen, church. This is not your home. Your home rests in heaven. So gather as many strangers with you as you can and be raised up in his freedom. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors not with perishable things like silver or gold but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ like that of unblemished and spotless lamb amen church you are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ he was foreknown before the foundation of the world but was revealed in these last times for you Through him, if you believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave rests inside of you if you believe, if you have faith. And since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to truth so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, Love one another constantly. Do not gossip. Do not talk about your brothers and sisters wrongly, but love them. Build them up in the church because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and its glory like a flower of grass. The grass withers, And the flower falls, meaning that this life is going away. This life is falling. Nothing in this world will last. But the enduring word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the gospel. This is the gospel. So the final truth that we're going to be talking about today, man, (laughs) is that the word, the truth of the Lord endures forever. We are called holy because He is holy. Church, it is time to let go of the truths that you continue to live by, the false truths, and be raised up in His glory because He is holy. And because He is holy, you can become holy. In verse 18, we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ into something more valuable than silver or gold. And what is that? It is holy. In verse 22, it says, Since you have purified yourself by your obedience to the truth, love one another constantly. Love one another constantly. Love each other. Go out, love others. Go out to the square today and love somebody. Set your faith and hope and truth on the God so you can live eternally With him. On April 22nd, I finally sat down to write this for our week at camp. I was trying to figure out where to write this. I should probably go to somewhere that's spiritual like the church or like Round Lake or to a sunset or maybe to a cool coffee shop. But then God put on my heart to go to the place that you felt hurt the most. So I went to a specific spot in my home where after being bulimic, after vomiting, I would go sit there and there was one time specifically I remember being totally broken and I had vomit on my face and tears in my eyes and I was waiting on a phone call for a suicide hotline because I didn't know if I wanted to go on much longer. And I think it's just a testimony that God took that broken person five or six years ago and raised him up through the suffering to become here in this place, in this moment. Because in our suffering, God is made great. Amen, church. And you're suffering. You have suffering today, I know. But in your suffering, God will be made great. This is truth. This is the truth. In your low, God will make you high. And in your weakness, God will build you up to become stronger. And in your pit of destruction, God is going to reach his hand down and give you an open arm so that he can pull you out into his freedom. God wants to take your shame, take your burdens, and raise you up into his freedom freedom. His freedom that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you when the waves of life are crashing on you. This way, this way, this way, this way. He wants to pull you out of the water and give you strength. He wants to raise you up into His freedom. He wants to take His sacrifice on a cross and take you to heaven to be home. You are a stranger to this world. He wants to take what you've been looking for, because we've searched the world, and it will never fill you. Nothing in this world will fill you, but when you put your hope and your faith and your truth on the foundation of Christ, he will make your graves into gardens. So that's what we're going to sing and rejoice in today.
1: search the world, but it couldn't fill me, man's empty praise, treasures that fail, never enough. church. Sing us out, Stop your feet, clap your hands, whatever it takes us, praise our God. You turn morning
2: Father God, it is our honor and our privilege to sing these songs, these words out to you. God, may these words, these lyrics that we're singing, may the scripture we heard today sink deep within the marrow of our bones, God. May be things that we believe firmly when all around us is crumbling and shaking, may these be the firm foundation, God, the knowledge of Jesus and who he is, the fact that there is nothing in this world that will ever replace Jesus in our lives. So, God, again, we just glorify and magnify your name. We lift your name high, and we trust God. We trust that you are up to amazing things, that you are up to good things in each and every one of our lives. And God, we know, we know that you are, but we also understand that your ways are much bigger than ours and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So God, we surrender every outcome because we know that maybe what's good to us isn't what's good isn't the good thing that you want to do. And your way is always better. God, we thank you for every heart and soul in this room. God, we thank you for this community where we get to come together and we get to worship you, but we get to encourage each other with our testimony. We get to pray for each other and build each other up when we need it. And God, again, we just... Thank you for Jesus and what he has done in our lives. We were one way, but now we're another because of him. And it is so much better and so much more free. God, we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Church, what a day. As Greg mentioned, this morning was just a hodgepodge of chaos and a mess and... I was stressed to the max, but I was in a really good spot because I'm like, God is going to be doing something big today because the enemy is trying to stop something from happening. And regardless if everything gets ironed out or if everything comes together, we're going to praise the name of the Lord because that's who we are as Northside. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. And you, amen, yes. And you look around this place. I know a lot of stories from this worship team. I know a lot of stories from people out there in your lives and if you don't believe that God is at work please go up to somebody that you don't know and say how is God working in your lives because it is an amazing thing is it not how good our God is and what he is up to church that's what he wants for each and every one of us that's what he wants for this community in Medina and Wadsworth and wherever else we go In the name of Jesus, there are so many awesome opportunities to serve. Um, One that's coming up really quick is the Medina Fair. We just have a few slots that we need to fill. And what you'd be doing is you would be um, working at a booth at the fair and passing out punch balloons to kids and talking to people in the community. And you never know what that could spark. That you could say, you know, I go to Northside, this is what we're all about. We're a church that pursues God and we love other people. And if you need that, you're always welcome here. You know, something as simple as handing a kid a punch balloon and having a conversation with a parent or a kid or somebody who's on there all alone at the fair can make a huge difference. So we wanna just encourage you to sign up at northsideweb.org slash fair or you can come talk to me and I can help you out with that. But there are just so many things, so many good things that God is up to in our church. We thank you that you want to be a part of that. Church, go with God this week. Get in the word. Start in 1 Peter if that's what you want to do. Thank you, Zach, for bringing that word today. Um, But church, know that we love you. Know that God is still doing amazing things. And we believe that for ourselves. We believe that for you. We believe that for this community. We love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Take care.